0: Welcome to our Painesville Assembly of God podcast. Our desire is to connect people to a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. If this message touches your heart, we'd love to hear about it. Email us at info at or visit PainesvilleAG.com. We pray that this message will be an encouragement to your faith. Well, a few years ago, there was a Peanuts cartoon that pictured Charlie Brown bringing Snoopy dinner on Thanksgiving. Here it is up on the screen there. And uh, again, for Snoopy, it was just a usual bowl of dog food. And Snoopy took one look at the bowl and he said this, This isn't fair. The rest of the world is eating turkey with all the trimmings and all I get is dog food. So any of you pet lovers out there, how many believe your pets feel the same way on Thanksgiving Day? And then he stood there, he stared at his food a moment, and he said, well, I guess it could be worse. I could have been a turkey. Right? It's all a matter of perspective, isn't it? The truth is is that life brings a lot of things our way, but I think that in any circumstance that we find ourselves in, if we take a different perspective, we might find that there is a lot to be grateful for. So today, as we continue our series neglected virtues, we're going to take a look at the neglected virtue today of gratitude as we get ready for Thanksgiving. Dr. Mark, R- Mark Rutland, I've commented him, I quoted him a lot through this series. Uh, his book that I've been looking at is Character Matters, and, uh, and he writes this, gratitude is not only among the highest virtues, it is synonymous with the deepest and most profound elements of scriptural holiness. Gratitude is of the spiritual universe that includes humility, contentment, And praise gratitude is diametrically opposed to pride. How many believe that gratitude is an important virtue? It's an important virtue. It's last week we talked about the 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 neglected virtue of contentment, and one of the antidotes to contentment is when we learn to develop in our hearts a a spirit of gratitude. When we learn to 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 cultivate gratitude, it actually helps us to be able to cultivate contentment contentment so let's take some time to dive into god's word first thessalonians five eighteen. i want to spend a few moments in this verse breaking it down it says this give thanks in all circumstances for this is god's will for you in christ jesus this is god's will for you in christ jesus how many of you know that it is god's will that we learn how to give thanks that we learn to be grateful it's part of god's will It says to give thanks, that means gratitude, it means appreciation, it means recognition, it means praise. It means giving credit to people where credit is due. In everything, give thanks. I'm not sure if you realize this, but the phrase give thanks in the the Greek is the Greek word eucharisteo, which really is where we get Eucharist from or the Lord's Supper, or communion. So when we gather together as we do and we have communion together, it is to remind us to be grateful for what Jesus has done for us by giving His life on the cross and sacrificing His body and shedding His blood. It reminds us to be grateful. That is a a table of thanks. That is an opportunity, a rhythm that we have to remind us to be grateful. The text says to give thanks in what? In how much circumstances? In in a few circumstances? All circumstances, right? To be thankful in all circumstances. But what I want to be clear on is that it says in all circumstances, not for all circumstances. In all circumstances, not for all circumstances. There's a big difference in that you don't have to be thankful for the bad things that happen in your life how many you know there's a lot of evil in the world there's a lot of evil in the world there's a lot of evil things there's a lot of circumstances that are not good we're not we don't have to be grateful for those circumstances God is not some kind of evil God where, where we have to, to worry about his, his character. That would go against God's character if we were thankful for the evil in the world. Everything that happens in the world, how many of you know, is not God's will. Everything that happens in the world is not God's will. If I, if I decided this morning I was going to wake up deranged... And I, I had a, a, a gun on me and I decided that in the middle of my preaching I was going to pause and I was just going to start firing away in here. How many of you know that would not be God's will? That would be my will. There's a lot of evil in the world. There's a lot of people that don't do God's will. And that's why the Lord's Prayer says that we need to pray that God's will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In heaven, God's will is happening on earth it is not happening. There are some circumstances that, that are simply evil that are done by the will of broken and sinful human beings human beings that have a sin nature that that is not submitted to god and as a result of that there is evil in the world and we don't have to be grateful for the evil but we can find ourselves thankful in christ jesus that in the midst of those circumstances we we can be thankful in the midst of those circumstances we can find something in which to be grateful two men were walking through a field one day and they they spotted an enraged bull. Instantly, they darted towards the nearest fence and and the bull was following in hot pursuit. And it became apparent as they were running that they were running out of room. They weren't going to make it to the fence in time to get over because the bull was gaining steam. And the one guy shouted to the other, hey, John, put up a prayer. And John said, I don't know how to do that. I've never prayed publicly before. I honestly don't know how to do that. He says, well, you better figure it out. That, that bull is, is catching up to us. And John panted and he said, yeah, I'm just going to pray the only prayer that I know, the prayer that, that my father had us recite when we were kids over the meal. Oh, Lord, for what we are about to receive, make us truly thankful. (Laughter) For what we're about to receive, make us thankful. Oh, we can't thank God for every circumstance, but we can learn to cultivate the virtue of gratitude and thankfulness in every circumstance. There's a number of reasons. First is the fact that God is in control. God is in control. I, I know that at times it seems like this world is topsy-turvy and we struggle to believe that god is in control but but friends i want you to know that in the midst of all of the evil in the midst of all the things god is still in control and god still has a plan god still has a plan although our will sometimes is done and it's not god's will it doesn't stop god from carrying out his plan from achieving his greater plan and what he desires God can bring good out of evil, even the stupid mistakes that we make, amen? Even when we do dumb things, God can bring good, God can turn it around. Romans 8, 28, I know oftentimes we we quote this, and we know that for those who love God, if you believe this, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to His purpose. Notice again, it doesn't say that all things are good, not all things are good. But God can work those things that are not good out for the good of those who love Him. That's a promise in His Word. That's something that we can count on. That's something that we can hold on to. That's something that we can trust, even in the midst of painful trials and painful circumstances, even with the evil of others, that God has the opportunity and is working and can turn those things around because He's got a greater plan. How many remember Joseph in the Old Testament? Joseph in the book of Genesis he was the 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 great grandson of Abraham grandson of Isaac and and son of Jacob whose name was later turned to Israel he was the the valued son he was the son in whom his father was really spoiling and put a, a a robe around him of many colors and how many remember that he had some dreams didn't he He had some dreams, that God had put dreams in him about what would happen, that one day his brothers would come and they would bow down, that one day his father would even come and and bow down to him. And he began to share what these dreams were, wondering, what is God doing? What plan does God have for my life? But his brothers were jealous. How many remember that? One day while he went out to see them far away, they found him when they were out tending the sheep and they said, let's take care of this dreamer. And they were threatening to kill him, and they decided instead to throw him in a pit and wait, and as some, as some Ishmaelite uh, travelers were coming, they sold him to them, and they took him to Egypt, and they, they sold him into the hands of the Egyptians, and the brothers pretended that Joseph had died. They took that robe of many colors, and they doused it in blood, and they said, he must have been eaten by an animal. So what would become of his dreams? People were jealous. What would become of, of this dreamer? And yet God's hand was on Joseph. God's hand was on Joseph even when he was in Potiphar's house. And even though he held on to his integrity, he was accused of, of sexual harassment. He was accused of rape by Potiphar's wife, even though it did not happen, even though he fled from the situation. Certainly at that point, it's over. He's in an Egyptian jail, in a, in a prison cell. It's over for Joseph. What has become of your dreams? It's over. Those circumstances were not good. At the hands of evil people, at the hands of, of, of someone who was lying, what would become of Joseph's dreams? Even while he was in there, he had two people that had been thrown in there from Pharaoh's palace, a cupbearer and a baker who had dreams, and he interpreted their dreams. And for the one that would be restored, the cupbearer, he said, remind remind Pharaoh, tell him of my plight, tell him of, of the injustice that has happened to me. And for two years, he was forgotten. I'm sure in those two years when he was forgotten, he thought, what has become of my dreams? What has become of my future? These circumstances seem to have ended what God had planned to do. Oh, but God wasn't finished, was He? You see, even in the midst of those circumstances, God was at work. Even in the midst of the evil, God was at work. Even in the midst of the difficulty, God was at work. And when he came and God answered and here he was interpreting Pharaoh's dream and ending up in, in, in the palace, the second in command and a famine in the land, his dreams came true and his brothers came and they bowed before him and his father came and there he was in the fulfillment of his dream. But oh, his brothers were worried. What would he do now to them? And this is what he says, Genesis fifty twenty. Joseph makes this statement, as for you, you men evil against me. But God meant it for good to bring about, to bring uh, it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. We don't have to be thankful for all the evil circumstances or the things that are done to us, the injustice that takes place or the circumstances that are not good, but we can learn to be grateful in it because in every circumstance we can trust that God is still working that God is still working. God is still working out His plan. He is still in control. And even in the midst of of evil and harmful circumstances, we can be thankful to know that God is still in control. God is in control. Once again, you don't have to be thankful for the evil circumstances, but cultivating a heart of gratitude is learning how to be grateful and thankful in every circumstance, in every circumstance. Circumstance. Why is it that God's will, no matter what happens in life, is that, that we are to be grateful? Why is that? Let me share with you three reasons that gratitude is important. Number one, gratitude honors God. Gratitude honors God. We talked about honor a few weeks ago as we kicked off this series, but anytime you express gratitude to someone, you are showing them honor. Anytime you are grateful and show appreciation, you are, you are honoring someone. Anytime you say, hey, thank you for opening the door for me. I really appreciate that. Or, you know what? When I say thank you for coming out on a snowy November morning to church today. Thank you. I appreciate you. I want you to feel honored and blessed. When we express gratitude, we are giving honor. In fact, Psalm 50:23 says, "But give thanks, giving thanks is a sacrifice that truly honors me." That's what that's what God says, "But giving thanks is a sacrifice that truly honors me. If you keep to my path, I will reveal to you the salvation of God." The word sacrifice here indicates that gratitude needs to be intentional. That we have to learn to be intentional in gratitude. That it come. How many know that gratitude doesn't come naturally? Gratitude isn't something that comes naturally. We're not natural at, at, at just expressing gratitude. It's something we have to cultivate and something we have to work on. There's a story in the Gospels of a time when Jesus had healed 10 people. They had a terrible disease called leprosy. A leper had one of the most painful diseases that you could ever imagine. Their bodies were covered with sores that would oftentimes ooze up. The disease would affect nerve endings then it would be very painful. In fact, they, they could literally go to sleep in the middle of the night and, uh, and because of these sores that affected their, their nerve endings, they might not realize as they're laying there that a rat has come up and started to nibble on their toes and when they wake up in the morning, they no longer have a toe or a finger or something like that. that. Isn't that gross? That's just, that's just gross. Not only that, But was it painful physically? But there was also a social stigma attached to it. Probably not as uh, uh, probably a little bit more than the stigma of COVID uh, over the last couple of years. But the Mosaic law pronounced that a leper had to announce that they were unclean. They were not fit to come and enter the tabernacle or the temple for worship. They weren't allowed to, to do that. They could no longer be around their families. They, they had to, the law required them to actually stay outside of the city to social distance, so to speak numbers talks about that five two to three they had to rip their clothes as a sign of sorrow and their faces had to be covered to to show the the sorrow that they had on their faces and they had to yell anywhere they went unclean unclean they had to announce it so that everybody knew they had this untouchable, terrible disease. And the people at that point thought that you probably got that disease because you deserved it. Because God was paying you back for some kind of evil or something that you did. So there was this social, spiritual stigma about it. There was this, this Their faces were hidden representing the, this, this form of intimacy. The Hebrew tradition said the face was the most intimate part. You couldn't truly know someone unless you could look in their face and look into their eyes. And and that's why the Jews were commanded to seek the face of God because the same word there for face is also a, a word that is intersected with his his presence and so I want to point out that Luke seventeen twelve describes these lepers as standing afar off. They had to social distance at least 10 paces away from anybody else. They weren't allowed any intimate relationships, so they would gather in leper communities together because they all had the disease. And so because of that disease, they would hang out together, but they had to be ostracized from everybody else. And in in the midst of, of that, Jesus comes and it says this, Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And as he was going into a village, ten men with leprosy met him. And they stood at a distance and they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And then it says this, he was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And then he said to him, rise, go, your faith has made you well. All of these lepers began with the same position. They all had the same problem. They all had the disease of leprosy. They were all in need of healing. And all 10 had received healing from Jesus. But only one out of the 10, 10%, just 10%. Only one out of the 10 returned to give praise to God. Friends, I'm going to tell you that thanks, being thankful, is not a default reaction. It's not a default reaction, and Jesus points this out when only 10% were grateful. He was perplexed by this. What made this leper different? Again, you don't find out in the beginning. You only find out at the end that he was a Samaritan. Why is that an important detail that is mentioned by Luke when he is writing the, the Gospels? Because the Israelites had this covenant with Abraham. They were, they were they were they were they were they were God's people. They they had made a covenant with God, the covenant of Abraham. They were they were God's people. He was their children and there's nothing wrong with that. But the problem is as they began to sometimes believe that they deserved the healing. When the healing would come, that's what they deserved because they were children of God, children of Abraham. That was what they deserved. You might think a little bit that maybe the word entitled might be a part of that the word entitled might be a part of that the Samaritan saw the healing that he received as an incredible gift and that's the difference when we show thanks to God when we show thanks to others we honor them because we don't stand in a place where we are entitled to anything but rather we put ourselves in a humble position recognizing everything from a place of gratitude and grace and unmerited favor none of us deserve the blessings we've been given do we we must remember to give God the honor that he deserves because humanity has been created for gratitude we've been created for gratitude we exist to appreciate God we exist to appreciate him he created us to honor him and give thanks to him and, and it's that action that is, that is so proper. And it's, it's a part of the way we were created. Paul describes in Romans 1 what's gone wrong with the world. And I read this a couple of weeks ago in the area of honor. But look what it says again. Although they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks to Him. As a result, they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Part of giving honor to God is learning to cultivate a virtue of a thankful heart, of gratitude. And there are numerous biblical commands that, that, that enjoin us to gratitude. Humanity was created to appreciate God. Ann Von Skamp, in her book, A, a Thousand Gifts, 1,000 Gifts, she, she writes this. <clears throat> She she says that, that failure of the first man and woman and the devil before them to rightly experience and express gratitude. There was an expression of that. From all the beginnings, we keep reliving the garden story. Satan wanted more, more power, more glory. We talked about that last week. Ultimately, in essence, Satan is an ingrate. And he sinks his venom in the heart of Eden. Satan's sin becomes the first sin of all humanity. The sin of ingratitude. Adam and Eve are simply painfully ungrateful for what God gave. Isn't that the catalyst, she writes, of all my sin? Our fall has always been and always will be that we aren't satisfied with God or what he gives. We hunger for something more, something other. That's why gratitude is so important, because gratitude allows us to receive things from God, the blessings, as a gift. And as we cultivate a heart of gratitude, it honors God. Secondly, gratitude deepens my faith. It deepens my faith. It happens when times are tough when they don't make sense, when you can't figure out why your prayers haven't been answered, when life stinks, when everything that, that you, you think should be going one way turns upside down and is, is going another way, and you can't figure it out. And yet, in the midst of that circumstance, we are called to be grateful, to show gratitude, When we learn to pray and we learn to seek God in the midst of the circumstances that aren't good, not just in the circumstances that are, it pushes us and causes us to have a deeper level of faith. We have to press in to the promises of God. We have to trust in the things that we cannot see and trust that God, as we talked about earlier, is working on our behalf again we've got to trust that God can bring good out of those circumstances so even though I might have gotten fired from my job right before the holidays I go oh no what's going to happen I have to trust that God is at work and that God can restore and provide another job for me I have to I have to believe that God is in that And those things, as we begin to trust God in the midst of those difficult, pressing circumstances, the roots of our faith grow deeper. And as God begins to work, like Joseph that we talked about earlier, we can begin to say, blessed be the name of the Lord. Like Job, blessed be the name of the Lord. In the midst of it, our roots go deeper. It's also evidence of humility when you thank God in the situations you don't understand. When we don't understand things, we humble ourselves enough to admit, you know what, God? I'm not you. I don't see what you see. And I don't know your bigger story. And I recognize I'm just a part of it. And so, Lord, in the midst of your bigger story, I'm going to trust you that you're doing something that I cannot see. That you're working in a way that's best for me even when I don't understand it. This was the case of a, a prophet in the Old Testament. His name was Habakkuk what a name right Habakkuk and in Habakkuk 3 17 and 18 I'm going to read from the good news uh, version here it says even though the fig trees have no fruit and no grapes are growing on the vine and even though the olive crop has failed and even though the fields produce no grain here it is in other words uh, even when I'm going through a recession right even when the economy isn't good even when my business isn't producing the way I think even though when I'm not I'm not earning what I think I ought to be earning even though when these things aren't happening (laughs) and the sheep are all dying and the cattle in the stalls are all empty in other words my portfolio is on the skids my 401k is now a 101k (laughs) right for some that's hitting home about this time right Even though this is happening, I'll still be joyful and glad because the Lord God is my Savior. Again, that's it. What's the cause of my gratitude? The cause of my gratitude is not my circumstances working the way I think they should. The cause of my gratitude is that I've got a God that I can trust in all circumstances in everything why because the lord is my savior we we sang about it this morning it's easy to sing about it isn't it that that he's our rescue right that the lord is our rescue that we can trust him that he 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 breaks off every chain and every shackle i'll call upon the lord but the truth is do we do that do we do that And what attitude do we do that, that we trust that God can pull us out, that God can pull us up, that God can help us out, that God can get us through, that He hasn't left us, that He hasn't abandoned us, that we're not orphans, but we are children of God. And because we are children of God, we have a heavenly Father who's watching over us. Because of that, we can give thanks because of who God is. See, the ultimate test of faith is whether you can be grateful when life stinks it's easy, you can be a shallow Christian and be thankful when God blesses you. You know, when you're living in that blessing and everything's working, that, that's an easy time to be grateful, to be thankful. For what about when life stinks, when circumstances go your way? What, what about that? You see, I'm going through tough times. What I need to do is not look at what's lost. I need to look at what's left. No matter how many bad things are happening or how many things are going on, there are always still good things that we can fix our eyes on, that we can choose to focus on, that we can just our, adjust our perspective on. And so part of these times of learning how to cultivate gratitude is, is asking God to help us to see things from a different perspective, to thank God. And, 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 and by, by doing that, to say, God, show me the other side. Show me the other perspective. Show me another way to look at that. Remind me of your promises, that your promises are good. And in everything, give thanks. It honors God. It develops faith. And number three, it serves others. It serves others. The attitude of gratitude simply says this. I'm not going to walk through life being uh, ungrateful. I'm going to choose to be grateful in every situation, no matter what. In times of tightness, in times of plenty, in times of good, bad, right or wrong, whatever it is, I'm going to be grateful in every circumstance. And one of the most profound ways that we can express gratitude is by serving others. Serving others. In First Peter 4.10, we're directed as each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Sometimes by serving others, I don't know if you realize this, when you serve others, you're serving God. When you're grateful and you serve others, you're showing God gratitude because of His work in your life and what He has given you and blessed you, you bless others. Do you know that every one of us, if we are a believer in Jesus Christ, is a minister? I didn't say pastor. I said minister. Every one of us is a minister. You are a minister. Why? Because the the word ministry simply means serve. To serve other people. We're called to serve. You you have a ministry. It's called the ministry of appreciation. Appreciation. Have you ever thought about what the word appreciation means? I think one of the ways to understand the word appreciation is to to look at its counterpart, depreciation. And if you've ever uh, bought a new car right off the lot, and maybe that doesn't count as much today as it used to. The moment you drive it off, even if it's a new car, it depreciates in value. You can't get out of it what you purchased it for because it depreciates in value, even if it's brand new. However, if something appreciates, perhaps like your property, as we we saw a little boom earlier this year, the value of appreciation, when something appreciates, what happens? The value goes up. The value goes up. So to appreciate someone is to raise their value. And friends, this is a ministry. This is a ministry. When you appreciate your spouse, whether it's your husband or your wife, you are are, are showing them or ascribing to them value. You're raising their value. When you appreciate your kids, you raise their value value. When you appreciate uh, someone that you work with, maybe it's a boss or maybe it's 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 somebody that's that's an employer that or somebody that's an employee along with you or maybe you're the boss and you have staff, when you appreciate them, you are raising their level of value. You raise their value. The ministry of appreciation raises the value. That's why when we thank God, we're honoring God because we raise the value. But it's not just with God. It's when we learn how to serve other people. We need to understand that gratitude, showing appreciation, is about serving and raising the value of others around you ephesians 4 29 says do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth unwholesome talk what is that we might think that might be cursing but more than that it's critical complaining negative uh, cynical sarcastic it's putting people down don't let that stuff come out of your mouth only it says rather only what is helpful for the building up of others that's the ministry of appreciation When we learn how to speak words that build up rather than tear down, that encourage rather than discourage, that show appreciation rather than depreciation. And then it says this it says, according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Where does the benefit go? The benefit is not for us, it's not selfish. The benefit is for others. Now, let me tell you something. When you begin to do this, and you begin to be a person that encourages and builds up others, you know what happens? You yourself are built up. It happens. What I've discovered, though, is is that in this world, everybody needs a massive dose of encouragement. When when you encourage somebody, I don't don't know too many people that go, no, 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 don't encourage me, don't encourage me. I have enough encouragement. I don't need any more encouragement. Just stop. Right? I don't know anybody that... In fact, I think we have encouragement deficits. We, we, we need more encouragement. We live with a lot of discouragement. There's a lot of discouraging things. But what happens when we show appreciation and cultivate a, grat- a heart of gratitude? We are serving others and we are learning to raise the value of those around us. What would it look like if we as believers did that? If we started by appreciating those around us, if we started by raising the value and building up and taking this ministry of appreciation seriously, what would that do to to our body here? What would that do to our family, to our church family? Do you think something like that might be contagious? That it might spill over in and, and really have an impact on the community around us? if we learned how to take up a ministry of appreciation and gratefulness and gratitude and and serving and building one another up in love, if we watched our words, oh, folks, I think we need the ministry of appreciation and affirmation to be returned to our hearts. So friends, in this season, I want to encourage you, to cultivate heart of gratitude, no matter the circumstances, because it's God's will for us in Christ Jesus to learn how to give thanks in all circumstances, in all circumstances. It, it deepens our faith, and it helps us learn how to serve others. Worship team, will you come as I have one last story I want to share. It's a story that comes from San- Francie Schwartz in her book, Chicken Soup for the Soul. How many of you enjoy that? Anybody read Chicken Soup for the Soul? This is a story that comes out of that. And, uh, and, and Schwartz tells about uh, a guy by the name of Jerry who was always in a good mood. He always had something positive to say. And, uh, and when he was asked about it and asked how he was doing, he would always respond, if I was any better, I'd be twins. Jerry was a positive person he was also a restaurant manager and everybody who worked for him loved him because of his positive attitude because he always was upbeat and so uh, uh, he was asked one time by Schwartz she asked him you know I don't get it Jerry you can't possibly be upbeat all the time How, how do you do it and Jerry replied this he said each morning I wake up and I say to myself Jerry you have two choices today You can either choose to be in a bad mood or you can choose to be in a good one. And so every morning I choose to be in a good one. And Schwartz protested. She said, It's not that easy. Come on now. It's not that easy. And Jerry said, Yes, it is. It's all about choices. And then he was tested in that. He was tested in that. Several years had gone by and Jerry's restaurant was robbed thieves panicked and they they shot him and he was rushed to the emergency room he spent 18 hours on the operating table and several weeks in intensive care but he survived later on when schwartz had an opportunity to meet with him and interview him about it she asked him what it was like and how he did it how did he survive was when he got shot so many times And he said, when I was laying on the floor, I remembered that I had two choices. I could choose to live or I could choose to die. And I chose to live. He said, the paramedics were very uh, encouraging. But when they wheeled me into the emergency room and I saw the looks on the faces of the doctors and nurses, I got a little scared. In their eyes, they were looking at me as if I was already a dead man. And I knew I needed to take action. And so he said there was a big burly nurse shouting questions at me and asking, are you allergic to anything? And he said, yes. And so everybody paused. They, they like stopped. They all like, whoa, what's he allergic to? What's that? And he goes, Bullets. Yeah, everybody started laughing and he said I yelled over there laughing I'm choosing to live operating on me as if I'm alive not dead Jerry gives thanks to the skill of the doctors but also his attitude and the grace of God Schwartz says this I saw Jerry six months after the accident and I asked him Hey Jerry, how you doing? And he replied if I'd be any better, I'd be twins Friends, can I just let you know that gratitude is a choice Like attitude is a choice. Gratitude is a choice. It's a choice that learns how to give thanks, not for all circumstances, but in all circumstances. It's a choice that chooses to look to God, not at circumstances, to honor God and be grateful and trust in his plan. It's a test that if we will allow ourselves to have an attitude of gratitude, we will find ourselves with our roots of our faith growing deeper and if we learn how to cultivate a virtue of gratitude in our hearts we will learn to have a ministry of appreciation and affirmation that raises the values of others around us and serves them friends I think there is something powerful about cultivating the virtue of gratitude for it is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus And I don't know about you, but I want to be in God's will. I want to be in God's will. I want to live in His will. Amen. Let's bow our heads this morning. And I just want to ask you this morning, are there some circumstances, some things that maybe you're dealing with or going through and you're just struggling to find any reason to be grateful in those circumstances? You're just really under it, and you say, I, I'm just really struggling, and I need prayer today. If that's you, will you slip up your hand today? I, I just want to include you. I want to include you as we pray. Anyone at all? Anyone at all? Yeah, just going through some things, and I just need that. Or maybe perhaps you're here today, and you say, Pastor, I recognize that maybe I haven't been as grateful as I should be, and I need to develop. I need to have the Lord cultivate in my heart a, spirit of gratitude if that's you will you slip up your hand today i just want to lead you in prayer today yeah jesus we thank you today that you are in control and that god you have the power to meet every need that we have and that lord you have a plan that goes beyond our own current circumstances or situations And that, Father, in those circumstances and situations, we can trust that you're working. I pray that you would continue to deepen our faith and allow our roots to go deep, that you cultivate in our hearts a a spirit, God, of gratitude, a virtue of gratitude in our hearts, that we we would honor you in the midst of the difficulties that we go through in every circumstance. God, I pray for those that are going through difficult circumstances, that they would learn to see you, they would learn to find the value in you, they would learn to see, God, that you're at work, that, God, you would just encourage them. I pray that, Lord, we would take up the challenge to serve others through the ministry of appreciation and affirmation. Father, that we would be your people today honoring you and learning how to cultivate a spirit of gratitude that honors others. We bless you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. We pray that you're encouraged by this message. For more information about Painesville Assembly of God, visit PainesvilleAG.com.